Ladies and gentlemen, in the blue corner, standing at a sleek 5'11", 245 pounds, the tumultuous tempest of technique, Thomas Lilly. And in the red corner, at a curvaceous 5'11", 315 pounds, the jovial juggernaut of judgment, John Cheryl Sheridan. A meeting of the masters of mastication turn your attention as they delve deep into all things lifting and more. This is Peak Speak. We are back. Peak Speak. We are back. Here we are. In How lockdown. many episodes are we up to? Oh, fuck. Who knows, man? Heaps. Yeah, lots. I'm sure. I haven't checked our stats in ages. No, I think last time I looked, we were like at 175, maybe 180,000 downloads, somewhere That's around there. So cool. Yeah, crazy. So cool. Thank you so much for everyone. Two dumbasses talking <laughs> shit once a week and then just sending it to someone else who's significantly less of a dumbass to fix it for us is great. Yeah, I mean, it's come a long way as well. <laughs> we have, hey, we're releasing <laughs> shirts. Can we just plug the shirts? This yeah, is the first time. Yeah. It's taken us what three years of recording and thing to finally cave to having shirts with our logo on it. So if you want a shirt, go and check out our Instagram account. There's a link in there for, I think, just blank logo ones, but also ones with the. Uh, the you're not a bench specialist. Yeah. You're a shit powerlifter, <laughs> which I think Contro- is just yeah controversial. But controversial. Uh, all, all good outfits should be a little bit controversial. Media team Sam Williams has just told us that we're just shy of 180,000 downloads, which Shit, is yeah. wild. Yeah, crazy <laughs> to think so that good. people continue to download and listen to us jabber on about powerlifting. And Beautiful. now we're a sponsored podcast. So exciting news down under. Our friends at Manscaped just launched their fourth generation performance package. This ultimate package includes the lawnmower, the lawnmower 4.0. The 4.0 Manscaped leaders in male grooming have done it again to make your grooming game next level. Join the 2 million men worldwide, 2 million and 3 if you include John and Sam and I now, uh, who trust Manscaped with the new performance package 4.0 by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code PEAKSPEAK. And inside the performance package, you'll find their 4.0 lawnmower, lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, because who wants nose hairs hanging out all over the place? Some crop preserver ball deodorant. Who doesn't need fucking ball deodorant? Especially coming into summer. Uh, crop reviver toner, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag to hold all your goodies. Yes. So get 20% off plus free shipping with the code peakspeak at manscaped.com. 20% off plus free shipping with the code uh, peakspeak at manscaped.com. Your balls have been through enough this past year. Treat them with the best tools for the job from Manscaped. And while you're on the topic of best tools for the job, can we just talk about how great working from home is when you're right next to a endless supply of delicious coffee from our good friends at prism coffee co because we are burning through coffee in my household in at an absolutely insane rate at the moment because it's just like hey instead of just doing anything productive i'll just make more coffee and get slightly anxious about the fact that i've had 700 milligrams of caffeine before midday do you go double peak speak works there too do you go double shot every time 
Yeah, I just have like the double shot basket in my machine because <laughs> that's so I use like twenty grams of coffee. Yep. And whatever grams of water that comes out to. Yep. Nice. Because uh, yeah, when in doubt, more caffeine is the answer. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, good friend of the show and multiple time guest, Jamie Smith from Strength Culture. Uh, he posted some cool stories the other day. So, um, uh, so uh, forgive me, Jamie Booze. I don't know how to say your last name fully. Uh, I could bring it up and try. But Boozy Jamie Booze. Yes. Jamie Booze. He, um, he made a story the other day, which was basically like, how shit is the industry now where every fucking strength coach on Instagram, uh, their number one C- MOA seems to be to just tear apart everyone else and to just try and point out the flaw and what everyone else is doing instead of what we should be doing, which is like uh, providing uh, lifters and coaches alike with information, education, and stuff that's practical and um, helpful. Uh, doesn't seem to be happening that often. Um, and then Jamie went on to sort of in his lockdown vibes, uh, put up a bit of a story around who did you learn from before the Instagram age? And there was so much fucking nostalgia and throwback from the age that you and I have come from. Yeah. And so much like reminiscing on like, fuck yeah, those were the days. I mean, there's a lot of good about where we came from. There's some bad about where we came from. Um, and yeah, I guess we've been inspired by what Jamie did there to, to open that conversation today and just do a bit of a throwback, I guess. Yeah, man, such a fascinating discussion because watching him do that, like so many names came up that I just like had forgotten existed because mm. I don't see them on social media and those sort of things. And despite those people having like in some cases having quite a significant impact upon my development as a coach certainly um watching the the flow chart that jamie put up was fucking hilarious <laughs> yeah. um of like the the different paths that people come down and i think it's really interesting to look at it from that perspective because the coaches of our era uh who have sort of come up at about our age through through that evolution of like blogs and into instagram and stuff like that like Jamie said, have have really come through some fairly distinct pathways. And I mm. think you can definitely see how that has manifested in some people because in some people it's manifested as they haven't actually changed anything about the things they're talking about or the way they coach since they started because they've just like found their camp, set up shop, and that's where they've stayed. But I think the best coaches of our era are people who have can look back at that influence and look back at the role that all of those early mentors played in our development but also see how we've evolved as coaches on top of that because i think that's ultimately the key to being a good coach is being one that's constantly learning and evolving and and improving upon the product that you offer and i think it's really interesting to look back at how those early influences uh you know played a role in our development for sure it's always um, and this isn't this isn't unique to coaching by any any stretch of the word. Um, it's always interesting to see how you know a a powerful figure like an influencer, for lack of a better term, influencer is such a new term now, right? Based mm. on social media, um, just like the the gatekeepers of information of the past. In some industries or some settings or whatever, some people stay back there, like don't adapt to the times and stay that sort of figurehead um, and sometimes people stay back there and the rest of the world moves on and they just become the equivalent of like the Simpsons meme of old man yells at cloud. Yeah. Um, uh, and like 
aka Mark Ripito. That's what, exactly what I was fucking, about to say. Man, if you haven't seen the video of Mark Ripito critiquing Lash's snatch from the Olympics, maybe just go and watch it so you can laugh at what a grumpy old cunt in the fitness industry oh, wow. looks like. Like, you just, you can't, I don't think you're allowed as anyone other than Lash's coach to criticize the greatest super heavyweight ever. Like, he's just a fucking freak. And you can't tell me that his world record snatch wasn't good. It was <laughs> fucking insane. And he beat his comp- uh, opponents by like 70 or 80 kilos in total. Maybe just fucking leave the dude alone and wonder in awe of him. But instead, Ripito's got to make himself relevant by shouting from his porch. Uh, yeah, but I mean, like, it's isn't it so interesting? So, like, if we if we went to you know if we if we created a conference of all the lifters that train at gyms like ours, and we just had a poll of like, do you know who Mark Ripito is, or do you know what he's famous for? Have you been influenced by him? You'd probably see most of like in the in the negative to that, as in, like, yeah. I don't know who he is, and he's had yeah, yeah. no influence on me. For us, if you were doing some sort of strength sport and you didn't know who this guy was, yeah. and you didn't do fucking go mad, gallon of milk hip a day, drive, <laughs> and you didn't use hip drive, um, you probably didn't know what you're talking about. No, you know, like exactly. he was such a powerful influence back then. Yeah. Um, I still find today you can find... Because I think there are still some people who discover him via Googling strength programs and finding starting strength. Yes. And on multiple occasions over the last few years, I've had someone come in for like a first coaching session be like oh so tell me about like you know watch them squat a bit and be like hmm i think you've read starting strength (laughs) and and then you just like start gently probing them about where they've learned their lifting habits from and eventually you get to the point where like i did starting strength for two years oh yeah cool because you look like ripito taught you to squat (laughs) it's it's the goofy ass thumbs for me it's like the fucking weird ass thumbs off strange ass see i I squat like that it's the aggressively low low bar position (laughs) and and like aiming to get your torso as close to perpendicular to the floor a parallel to the floor as you yeah. can get it on the uh on the ascent so yeah it's 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 one of those things that i think with enough hindsight you can look at people and sort of see those influences in what their training looks like and what their movement looks like and those sort of things but yeah guys like that still play a role unfortunately i think in some cases yeah it's it's yeah it's crazy so like for for you what what was your pathway like where where did you sort of start getting most of your information and how did that evolve over the years yeah so i i think it was teenage was like really the first one that i can remember most obviously like i definitely read magazines for a bit like i'm just old enough to have like flicked through magazines and read those sort of things we've got a stack of old ones in the gym at the moment from like the 80s which is fucking Fuck yeah. hilarious because they're the ones where it's like yeah this is just this dude's steroid cycle in the middle of this commercially <laughs> available magazine it's fucking great um but yeah teenage was definitely one of the early influences and i think through teenage i discovered elite fts mm-hmm. and elite fts was without a doubt the most influential part of my early development in uh in coaching and in training because i was a fucking equip lifter like i discovered equip lifting was all about it and then uh like the first belt i ever bought was an elite fts belt 
that cost me like $800 million in shipping um, because that's <laughs> how elite FTS shipping works. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I was heavily, inf- I was on that site every day, you know, like I, I reckon I've read every article from, let's call it 2007 through like 2010, 11, if not later than that. Um, yeah, I just was a fiend for that place because it, it lent heavily into what I wanted out of training, which was to squat really fucking heavy and not really care about anything else. Um, and <clears throat> that then evolved from there and I discovered a lot more, I think, more modern powerlifting uh, educators, I think is probably the best way to talk about it because Elite FTS, for those that don't know, was it was one of the first really popular websites providing mm. free information like in the form of blogs and stuff like that and in a way that wasn't the uh advertainment you get now where you know people are writing blogs about a specific product or like it, it's much more integrated into the sales process this was genuinely just it was articles yeah meatheads writing articles for meatheads like mm-hmm. uh, dave tate's uh like uh what's the term i'm looking for motto i guess live learn and pass on uh is that's the elite fts thing and they did such an amazing job of that in a way that no one else in the industry was doing at the time Mm -hmm. uh so yeah it played a huge role early on for me what about you where were your early influences drawn from so i i took an interest in powerlifting when i was like 16 17 but it was a it was a secondary influence um to bodybuilding so bodybuilding was was like the first love so i used to flick through and i've still got an arnold's modern encyclopedia of bodybuilding every single day like my book is so fucked from i used to like my my um my mum's side of the family lives in sydney when i went to sydney i would take it with me like i'd carry this thing with me wherever i went uh so uh that that was the og source of information and bodybuilding.com so same thing lots of articles i was heavily involved in the forums uh, so i was on the misc a lot i was in the bodybuilding powerlifting forums a lot but most of my focus was more on the bodybuilding side of side of things and then excuse me as i sort of transitioned towards uh powerlifting by then youtube had become a thing um and so like i didn't i didn't actually get that heavily involved in um I remember someone at the gym when I was 16 was like, if you want to learn more stuff, go onto this site called T Nation. It means testosterone nation. And I was like, testosterone, steroids, no way. And I never went to the site. <laughs> I never looked it up. Um, so I went to, uh, uh, I started uh, reading articles on Elite FTS. And like I said, YouTube had become a thing. And they had like the So You Think You Can Squat series. Yeah. Um, I still uh, occasionally go back and watch that. They're just fun to watch now, hey. Yeah. They're so fucking powerful back then. Yeah, fucking both, um, man. Yeah, what watch that full series. I was I loved weightlifting as well, so I lo- watched all the cow strength videos. Yeah, yeah. Um Donnie Shanker all, was a legend. I fucking love that dude. Yeah. All the average bros videos, um, Pat Mendes doing the, that oh like crazy two hundred plus kilo snatch when he was like eighteen and squatting what over three hundred. Uh, I was telling Jamie the other day, if that video has 10 million views, 9 million of them, I guarantee are mine. I can still watch <laughs> yeah. that video on repeat. Yeah. Uh, but that was kind of my pathway. It, it then just turned into YouTube. And then um, uh, from there, I, I can't even really remember. From there, it sort of just became far more trial and error. Uh, mm. and, then, and then seeking out mentors as I got older. Um, but yeah, it's like the... The search for information was a little bit harder and because there was a little bit less of it, you just took it on board. 
Yeah. I, I would hate to be starting out now in the Instagram age, especially with how people operate now and just seeing like model one, model two, oh, model two people hate model one people, model one mm. people hate model two. What the fuck am I supposed to believe? Like. <laughs> At least, yeah. and this is the thing I love about the old school coaching. Yeah, we did a lot of dumb shit back then, right? Yeah, like, go watch so you can think you can squat, shove your knees out, arch your back, sit back, right? Yeah. But what I loved about coaching back then was that it was heavily influenced by sports coaching. And sports yes. coaches are like, this is the way you do the drill, you do the technique, you do the work, you get stronger. They were so confident in the methodology, there was no like self-driven, self-organizing system. It's like, I am the coach, you come to me for advice, I teach you how to do this thing. Because that's yeah. how I operate in my business. I'm, I'm a little bit more militant than most coaches in terms of like, this is the way. Yeah. Uh, and that for me, that's just about protection of brand. It's like, I want my brand and my product to be represented by what I believe, not by what the coach, uh, the client drives. Yeah, I get that. And I, I definitely think there was a more a, a dictatorial approach to how things were done. But I think also that influence of like S&C coaching is actually that a lot of it early on was probably a little less model driven and a little more principles driven like mm -hmm. there was it was still very much a model like this is the way we do it and this is how you learn it and here's the drills that you do but they seem to be a little bit more based in a discussion around principles as opposed to this ongoing narrative that we have about people shouting at each other about whose model for training is better and i think that was one of the things that there's a few sort of key areas the uh 3dmj guys uh -huh. the juggernaut guys and the rp guys were certainly <laughs> three of the big ones who did a really good job of laying out principles in For terms sure. of uh, their coaching model was based on these key principles and certainly like each of them has their own model for how they then implement implement those principles in the practical aspect of it but things like uh, the juggernaut science and practice of strength training mm -hmm. um, is like amazingly beneficial to someone who is relatively new to the industry because I think it it provides you with a frame that you or a lens that you can then look at these models through because ultimately mm -hmm. the discussion around training models is fucking useless unless you understand the principles behind them because mm -hmm. now as a more mature coach who has his own training model. Uh, that is, I think, for the most part, based on reasonably sound principles. I can now look at other people's models and take from them the pieces that I find useful in the model that I use because I can filter through what is shiny Instagram language for making yourself sound a lot smarter than maybe you really are mm -hmm. and what is actually practically useful information from that person's model. You know, mm -hmm. there are things in my training model that are influenced by your training model. There are things that are influenced by a whole range of other people's. Mm -hmm. It's still at a core my interpretation of how things work because I do things my way, you do things your way, and that's fine. And this is the problem with the discussion around models is it's whose is better, not like how can your model help my model? Mm -hmm. And that's the thing that I think is kind of missing in in the Instagram age of, of coaching is not people talking about the differences in their approach to training and like figuring out which one can help the other one, but instead just people wanting to shout from the tallest milk crate stack about how good their fucking, uh, their training model is and how you can buy their certification. And I think that's where we run into this modern age that like Jamie and, uh, and the strength culture guys were talking about, it just, it doesn't have the same 
feel to it. Like it's so divisive. It's so mm. much about you <clears throat> versus me. And I'm like, fuck, it's all just lifting weights in the end. <laughs> and, and that's the thing that gets me is I'd, I'd rather not like, I'd, you know, I like listening to Angus Bradley talk shit. He <laughs> makes me laugh. Uh, but I also am perhaps a little too easily influenced into a rage to actually live a happy and ha- healthy life spending my life doing things like that because uh-huh. I'd just I'd just be fucking angry and miserable all the time. <laughs> uh, and I don't want to be fucking angry and miserable so instead I take a slightly more relaxed approach to listening to these people occasionally laughing at them and then just going about my business anyway and preaching a message of positivity and love instead of yeah. you all suck fuck you by my <laughs> training certification which is sometimes how it comes across I, I think you highlighted um neither of us said it as part of our journey but i i think both of uh, a turning point for a lot of people including you and i um, was the transition from the old school uh which was heavily driven by the likes of what you just said 3dmj um rp juggernaut like for me that was a real transition from like yeah you know shaco west side style thinking and to like a more thoughtful approach to it all yeah, thinking it, more about principles and then building systems around those principles but the the bitter irony of uh today like if you think of back in the past you know like knees out archie back all that sort of stuff we look at that and we like we um we know that's that's probably not the best approach and this is why it's not the best approach um it's built on the same thing that uh, you know all these people are criticizing each other over now, which is like the absence of a unified uh, gold standard. Mm. Because everyone, every coach back then and now, we make this shit up because there is no handbook for this stuff. Yeah. We're all left to our own devices to pick up, like you said, you know, draw from all these different models and approaches, uh, apply it to the principles that we understand. We all end up with a slightly different understanding of what our gold standard is. And if it's different to someone else, you're looking at it through different lenses. And of course, you're not going to arrive at the same conclusion. But the 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 yeah, the real irony of the modern coach is like um, this over over informational age. People think they know a lot more than what they know, and so we're still doing the same thing. We're reverse engineering what we see anecdotally working. We're just putting really, really, really fancy terminology around it now, which sounds a lot more convincing. But if you understand all this stuff, it's it's easy to see through the bullshit. Like, again, I would hate to be a new coach starting out because everything everyone says sounds so fucking brainy and so fucking convincing. It's like, ah, it'd be crazy. It'd create a mental explosion. At least back then, it was just like, push your knees out. Like, okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's pretty I, easy to understand. <laughs> and I honestly, I think one of the things that influences this whole thing is that so many coaches are fighting to get their voice heard Mm. in a very overcrowded uh landscape of of information and to do that what they end up doing is talking to other coaches uh and their all their content is based around trying to convince other coaches that their model is better than someone else's instead of actually talking to your audience Mm. And I know I like I listened to or maybe I read one of Berkman's Q and A things the other day um, before sending him a series of harassing messages about how shit he is. Um, I he mentioned something about uh, fuck. I've just totally lost that train of thought by talking shit about Berkman instead. Um, it's karma. He's actually a really good guy. 
Yeah, I know. That's the worst part about it. Um, <laughs> what was he saying? Oh, yeah. Like how he divides his, tries to intentionally divide the discussions he has on Instagram between talking to coaches and talking to athletes. Because mm-hmm. I think it's really important that as a coach, if you're trying to mentor or influence other coaches, you need to be able to distinguish the language and discussions you can have with a coach versus the language and discussions you can have with an athlete who's completely new to the system. Because in the end, whatever your fucking model is, if you can't have a discussion at a high level you know, 10,000 foot view about systems and processes and principles and all of that sort of shit with someone you're trying to teach the system to and then take that same conversation, scale it back down to the complete beginner who's just walked in off the street, then your model sucks. Mm -hmm. And if all you're doing is trying to convince other coaches that your model's amazing but not actually producing any real results out of it, then what the fuck are you doing with your time? Mm -hmm. And I think that's the 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 dick measuring contest that a lot of people get stuck in basically oh man it, it it's absolutely that it's a it's a selfish pursuit of a dopamine hit of you shared my thing on online therefore yeah. you shared my thing online therefore i'm smarter than you uh or you shared my thing online therefore i'm king you know look at me yeah. and the, the, i talk about this in the in the business section of my coach development course all the time it's like you can put so much energy and effort into doing that and you can grow that and you can get good at getting the share. Mm. You have to be really good at being like, okay, does this share equate to sales? And if it doesn't, why the fuck am I doing it? Yeah. Like, unless your only goal is to get shares, which from yeah. a business perspective is just kind of dumb. Um, like your goal should be to make money. And it's like, how can I craft the language uh, and how can I put the time that I spend formulating these posts that get me shares and get me attention into a way that then translates into sales and so like there's there's a particular group of people who have completely transferred their model from being like helpful to just memes making fun of everyone else and um i i remember talking to this about a few people in terms of like i'd rather i'd rather i'd always take a hundred thousand more dollars over a hundred thousand more followers Mm. um and this person or this group is is um along the way being very analytical about like, look how much more attention these pages are getting. It's like, that's fantastic. Why don't you post how much more money you're making? Because getting more attention doesn't mean shit. Like I can can go walk out onto the freeway right now, stop traffic and take a steaming fucking dump in the middle of the freeway and I'll get attention. What does that mean? It doesn't mean much. In fact, it's probably going to hurt my business more than anything. It's like attention is great if you can do something with it. Yeah. Um, And the problem is is this the more you kind of seek this attention if you don't get it you get salty and that's reflected in then the way that you talk and it turns into again like this dick swinging contest which goes from showcasing your knowledge to showcasing your knowledge by pulling down others Mm. which just makes you look like a dick and if you look like a dick people probably aren't going to buy from you exactly that's one of the interesting things that i've sort of made a, a mentality shift behind last couple of years was I probably got caught in the idea of like trying to make content that was a little too shareable and trying to do that in the past but now what I've done in the way I do things with my Instagram account more so than with the gym Instagram account because I separate the two for sure quite distinctly um but with my account my Instagram account is mostly me trying to 
synthesize my own thought process and ideas and put those into words that are relatively approachable from all aspects because for me that's like that's where I've made the most progress in my understanding of training and developing my own coaching model has been in attempting to distill my thought process down into simple relatively easy to understand ideas that can be communicated easily at a range of different experience levels Mm-hmm. And so for me, some Instagram posts, I like will spend fucking three hours over a few days writing and rewriting. And I post it and it gets fuck all likes and I post a picture of my dog and it gets way more. Like, great. The picture of my dog didn't do shit for my business and neither did my shitty post that only got 25 likes. But what it did was help me synthesize my ideas in a way that ultimately makes me better at what I do. Uh-huh. And I think that's where... Instagram things like that can be really powerful as a way of communicating your ideas and continually refining your message to the point where it becomes incredibly useful. Mm-hmm. But sometimes that doesn't reflect in the number of likes and shares and follows that you get out of that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like if you if you if you're a coach listening to this and you're kind of thinking, okay, well, I like to showcase my knowledge. I think that's great. Showcase your knowledge because it helps people know that you're legitimate. It helps mm. people know that you do know your stuff. But the thing that's going to get you the most attention from a business perspective is, is showcasing your product. Like yeah. McDonald's might know heaps about creating a good system to make a burger. They don't put that in the commercial. They just put a picture of people eating the burger and being fucking happy because that's the product they sell. Exactly. It's like showcase your product more than anything um, uh, because that's what people want to buy from you. And if, if you can get that message across, showcase your product, what is someone going to get from you? How can you serve the person? How can you talk to their pain? Uh, you're probably going to get more transfer into sales. This has really changed the conversation. <laughs> I'm it. Yeah, I think it's been a good evolution of the conversation from nostalgic reflections on. <laughs> Hello, buddy. That is an adorable dog. Uh, yeah, it's it's changed from a refl- uh, reflection on our early influences to why now it would be much harder to do what we did. Because I think, like, ultimately, we probably came up in the golden age because we were exposed to just enough information early on to do some really dumb shit, kind of get good in the process, learn some lessons, and then as the the message that was put forth by the industry, at least from the insiders that that we were and now are, um, has become increasingly more methodical and well thought out and well articulated. <laughs> And in many cases, less dogmatic, but in many cases, way more dogmatic. Um, And I think we are fortunate to have come up in an era where there wasn't so much information early on. Because it would be, like you said, really easily overwhelming in terms of where things are. And I know we've touched on the idea a few times, but being able to now look at someone's model and like spend two weeks just fucking reading everything that that person's written and watching all their videos and doing all that stuff. That's still something that I do regularly, Hmm. but instead of spending two weeks and then completely changing my entire coaching model to suddenly speaking exclusively about expansion and compression and the transverse plane or fucking dynamic effort days and max effort days. Like I, I don't do any of that anymore. What I do is spend two weeks diving into something and come out with like one or two key ideas or Hmm. one or two pieces of, that that will then complement my current understanding it's so 
so much of it now is about just those little micro adjustments in ideas or different concepts or different explanations or stories about how you can frame the conversation Mm. that help me refine and continually refine my ideas and my approach as opposed to just fucking jumping between people's boats which is really easy to do in the modern age where it's like I started at model A and then model A was like hey model B are dickheads and so I went to model B and model B like those model A don't know what they're talking about and then now you're on model f and you still suck yeah and the thing with with that is is the more vocal and outspoken you are about um other models and being hypercritical um the more you look like a hypocrite as time goes by because inevitably (laughs) you change your idea and so like people who have been following you for a while are like fuck bro what a year weren't you making fun of those people now you are one of those people and then a year later they're like weren't you making fun of those people and now you are one of it just it calls you out and that's gonna hurt your business so like if you've got an opinion on this stuff be very 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 selective with how you present that opinion uh be very selective with how you interact because people watch that stuff and people remember that stuff screen screenshots are very powerful so to perhaps wrap things up i have a story time about exactly when I did that hey I used to rag on that thing and now I'm all about that thing was I distinctly remember early in my sort of properly serious training career which probably started in like 2007-2008 watching the Ronnie Coleman documentary and there's that really classic uh, bit where he does like it's like an 800 pound squat for three or something like that double it was a double, yeah. Uh, and he's like wrapping his knees, squeezing into this suit. And I remember going into the guy who was like my sort of coach at the time, who was my high school footy coach, being like, yeah, I watched this video. And he's like putting these things on his knees and like wearing this really tight suit. And it's just like, it's just cheating. Like it's lots of weight, but it's just, it's just cheating. Like it's, he's not actually lifting it, is he? And then it turns out I became the poster boy for equipped lifting. Yeah. <laughs> I'm okay with a complete flip-flop um, occasionally, but uh, yeah, I think that probably did more positives for my business in the long run than it did negatives. That was um, damn good. I've never seen yeah. someone look so good in a single blade suit as Ronnie doing that. Yeah. He's it's putting funny. it on and he goes, secret weapon, secret weapon. It's what I say every time I put it on a clip suit <laughs> in my head. I just keep saying that over and over. Secret weapon. Yeah, it's I'm, I'm all about it. It's great. Amazing. All right, all right, we'll leave it there. Thanks for listening. Goodbye.